A storm is coming. And with that said, how is your foundation? What is the cornerstone of your foundation? Our Lord, we hear in the gospel, he stands before the chief priests and the elders of the Israelite people. And they were the leaders of the people. They were the hierarchy of the Jewish religion. And not only does he address them and stand before them, but he does, he does so in the city of Jerusalem itself, within the temple itself. And so within the setting of the temple, he addresses the leaders of the Israelite people. And he addresses them with another parable. And he begins the parable speaking about a vineyard and an owner of the vineyard. And from the very beginning of the parable, we should be taken back to our first reading in our responsorial song. Because in it, Isaiah speaks himself about a vineyard and about an owner of a vineyard. You see, Isaiah is using this imagery of a vineyard to speak about the Israelite people. As our responsorial psalm said, the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Now, if you're the chief priests, if you're the elders standing there before Jesus, and he begins to speak about a vineyard, an owner of a vineyard, you know exactly what he's talking about. You know the book of Isaiah. You know the Psalms. And especially when he begins to describe it, just like we hear in Isaiah, right? A hedge around it, a wine press in it, a watchtower built within and so from the very beginning of this parable, Jesus has their attention. He's drawn them in. But in just moments, they will not be so favorable to Jesus. They will not like what he's about to say. Jesus continues, and he says, The owner of the vineyard sent his servants to procure the produce of the vineyard, but the tenants, those entrusted with its upkeep, with its management, they beat, they kill, and they stone the servants. And so, the owner sends more servants, more numerous than the first time. And what do they do? They beat them, they kill them, they stone them in just the same manner. So the, the owner has this idea, he goes, ah, let me send my son. He thinks, you know what? They'll respect my son. But far from respecting the owner's son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. And so they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him too. But let's take a step back for a moment. What owner in their right mind, when he sends servants after servants to take the produce, yet they're killed over and over again, what owner in his right mind would then send his son to do the job? None. And so here we find the twist in the parable. Here we're scratching our heads, and so would the first century Jews saying, what was he thinking? And as I've said before, where you find the twist 
in a parable so you find the meaning. You see, the owner of the vineyard is God the Father. And over and over and over again, he sent his servants, that is, the prophets. He sent his prophets to the people of Israel. And oftentimes, he told them to speak directly to the leaders of the house of Israel. He called all of them to repentance. He called all of them to turn from their ways, especially the leaders. And what do they do to the prophets when they spoke the words, words of truth before them, that they needed to change their ways? They killed them. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all martyred for the sake of righteousness. But in the fullness of time, for God so loved the world, the owner of the vineyard, God, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, And now Jesus Christ stands. He stands before the leaders of the people just like the prophets before him. And he's calling them to repentance, calling them to turn from their ways, to follow after God. But the leaders, they will follow in the same footsteps of the leaders of old. And so Jesus asks them, he says, all right, leaders, you just heard this parable. What would the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? Their answer? Oh, then he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. How their words are so true, more than they know. So Jesus, speaking to these people who are learned in the Scriptures, he asked them a question. Did you not read in the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. He says, therefore I say to you, you leaders who I am speaking to now, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. Our Lord knows exactly what he's doing. He's standing before them and boldly says, your fate, your destiny, you have just spoken. Your own response will be your own destiny because you have failed to shepherd my people rightly. And I am the good shepherd. Our brothers and sisters, it is this parable It's these words from Jesus that initially incite the Jewish leaders to kill him. And yet, so as to not to stray from the truth, so as to bring them to full repentance, he still stands before them and speaks, although it would be the death of him. But you see, there's even more to the story. Why? Because if you remember, in that first reading from Isaiah, It was prophesied that this vineyard would be destroyed. The hedge would be taken away. It would be trampled down. And so the vineyard isn't just an image for the people, but it's also an image for two other things. The city of Jerusalem itself, but also the temple. The temple of God. 
No wonder they're incited. No wonder they get so angry. But with an old temple destroyed, a new temple must be built. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The cornerstone to the new temple. So what is this new temple? Primarily, it's Jesus Christ. He is the new temple because through him and with him and in him, we offer sacrifice. We offer worship to God the Father. But yet, there's also another temple to be spoken of. Let us recall the words of St. Paul. You are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells within you. So my brothers and sisters, if you are the temple of God, what, I should ask, who is your cornerstone? The cornerstone, the stone within the foundation of a building from which the whole foundation of that building is laid. The stone from which the whole building, the whole temple takes its shape. The stone from which all the measurements of the structure is taken. Without it, nothing fits together. Nothing is built correctly. Is Christ your cornerstone? That is, without Christ, does your life make sense? Without Christ, does your foundation have any strength or any shape? Without Christ, does everything seem to fail to make sense? Is Christ Jesus the one upon which everything in your life, I mean everything, is built upon and built around? You see, my brothers and sisters, at our baptism, yours and mine, Christ became our cornerstone. But the question becomes, have we replaced him with something or someone else? Have we begun to chisel him out trying to place another stone in his place. Nothing will fit there, not correctly, because nothing can take the cornerstone's place once everything is laid. The temple that is you needs Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. You see, Jesus doesn't want to be, nor does he call himself to be, just a plaque we put on the front of our door that when the world comes knocking, we take it off. Nor is he an ornamental decoration that we place up on our building, on our temple, when we need to, for it to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But it have no meaning. Christ must be the cornerstone. Allow me to ask a few more questions about your temple, though. Is its foundation built upon the church and the sacraments? Is the foundation of your temple the Holy Eucharist, the sacrament of confession? Are the walls of your temple your prayer life? Is your prayer strong or is it flimsy and unstable? That is, is your prayer just something shallow, done only when you have time? Or are your walls solid? Is your prayer deep, committed, personal with Jesus Christ? 
Are your walls so thick that it protects the beauty that lies within? How about the inside of your temple? Is the inside of your temple bedecked with jewels, adorned with diamonds, arrayed in gold? In other words, is the inside of your temple shining with virtue? Is it shining with your good works? Is it glowing with beauty, with using your talents and your gifts to give glory to God and not to yourself? Is the word of God the roof that shields you from the rain and the wind when the storms come and blow to destroy the inside? Do you have an altar in your temple? Do you offer sacrifice on the altar of your heart so as to give worship to God in everything you do? Are you so overcome with love because Christ's own sacrifice that the prayers of your heart rise like incense as in a temple? My brothers and sisters, remember you are the temple of God. Is Christ your cornerstone?